You've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin, Andy, and Wyatt. Hello there. Welcome to the 50th episode of First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. That's horrifying. Yeah. You know, I would have bet we had a lot more. No, yeah, is, I'm surprised. This is number 50. Now, we really just like flew through Clone Wars well, the thing. We watched so many episodes of television. They were ones I'd already seen, but yeah. like that I was like, we got to Clone Wars had 100 episodes. <laughs> yeah, true. But Cl- Clone Wars, we really did. We were I mean, there were points when we were doing eight episodes of Clone Wars per podcast episode. That's crazy that we did. <laughs> we're such champions. Yeah. Wow. It's wild. It is wild. But yeah, this is this is episode number 50. Wow. But yeah, we are here Um, about, you know, one year and um seven months later. Wow. Almost to the day. One nearly eight months at the time of this release. Um. Yeah, it's been a wild ride, and I'm really glad to have uh, had it with y'all. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, sentimental. Yeah. Some of the most unhinged opinions I've ever heard have been from this podcast. I know. I'm, I'm better for it. I feel like like if the some people found us, we'd be like doxxed on the internet, you know? Yeah. Like there are some people who would be like, what the fuck is wrong with these, these people? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, I, I, I really derailed this like right at the start. I'm Calvin. I've seen a lot of Star Wars. I'm Wyatt. I've also seen a lot of Star Wars. Amanda, I've seen a above average amount of. No, actually, maybe. Maybe that's not true. I and feel like I've seen an above average amount of Star Wars, but like we'd really have to do the math on that one. You're getting closer to halfway on all the filmed content. Yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, like what we have. Honestly, I would say in pure terms of minutes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking is like, I've like got we're a, getting there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, there's a fair hours more, upon hours of content. There's a fair number more movies, and then the like the Mandalorian era yeah. stuff yeah. is really really beefing out the back end. But like you've seen a lot of Star Wars. No, I mean like yeah, definitely. No, I think like pure. Yeah, if we're looking at just like how many minutes Star Wars movies and TV shows is, I'd say the halfway point as of right now, December 2022, before the Bad Batch season two officially enters the tally, um, probably somewhere around like Kenobi, I would say. Yeah, definitely, definitely you get you get deep into Rebels and you're you're past the horizon. Like, yeah, end of Kenobi early like and or and or season one or rebel season one depending on which one is first and or season one probably anyway anyway uh welcome Speaking to first steps of star wars one. podcast a chronological journey from the phantom menace to the rise of skywalker one from the eyes of a newcomer one story at a time uh i didn't say that bit because we are 50 episodes in um this somebody, week somebody said one arc at a time roughly or something like something very similar and it like activated me really yeah, like a sleeper agent. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> saying it. I'm not saying that now, though. I've no, gotten... I know, but you've said it so many times that I was just for the podcast that I was just like, wait, that's our phrase. <laughs> nice. 
So this week for First Steps Star Wars Podcast, we watched Andor Season 1, Episodes 11 and 12, Daughter of Ferrix and Rick's Road. So who, who, first off, who are we assigning? Who are I we adventuring with do, today? I kind of want to do, um, I kind of want to do Marva. But I wanted to talk about this because I don't think I can assign a D&D class for Marva, but it's more of like a D&D stereotype. Because well, I don't know if it's even a stereotype. But my thing is that like, do you ever have like that character in like a D&D campaign and you're like, because we all know we're all familiar with like, okay, the like child that we take with us that we've kidnapped and is now ours, which Loki is kind of Cassian, if we're being honest. Well, yeah, that's like, I mean, like, yeah, we have kind of glazed Cassian. over that. But that Marva and Clem Andor did kidnap, <laughs> kidnap a child. A child. And like, you know, Cassian, I guess, turned out for the better. We don't know what, what his, you know, what happened to the people that, um, they left behind on Canary. We, I suspect that that will be a plot line of season two. Um, yeah, we never get there's never a get lot an answer on his sister. Yeah, and like well, not never, just not yet. Not yet. Never. Like, not in this season. It was one of the things I was curious if they'd mention as sort of a way to wrap it up. But yeah, but I think they're saving that for season two, and that is just one of the many season two predictions I will have this episode. <laughs> But yeah, I think Marva is like, do you ever have, she's like the, in in your D&D campaign, she's like the old witch that lives in the woods. And that when you have a problem and you're like, I don't know what to do about this, you go to the old witch. Or like, sometimes it's like a crazy old lady on the wrong side of town. But that's Marva to me. I don't know what her class would be other than weird. Well, I mean, I feel like she'd be another like... You know, artificer or something because she—that's what she used to be, right? Yeah, she used to do like, yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. Yeah, she used to I be. I totally you know, see her as an artificer. Like she used to be a Tomb Raider. She was Marva Andor Tomb Raider. Oh yeah. Well, she's like like a, a like a rogue slash artificer slash witch lady. Wait, she's Doctor Afra. <laughs> they could have the funniest like little sit down just like i've looked up for you to eat for years that yeah. theft you did so great yeah actually i saw a reddit post today that was like what two characters in star wars do you want to see and have a conversation and you know there are the obvious ones like you know lando and hondo and yoda and leia and um but honestly for me that is um marva andor and dr afra yeah, uh, so Dr. Afra is a comics character uh, who I really enjoy. Um, and Calvin has gotten to her stuff in his comics reread. Read. Um, this is my first time reading. Ah, uh, yes. My, that's yes. what I meant. But uh, we won't we won't meet her for the podcast unless I talk y'all into a special episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for it. But that's later. That That's down the line. So, yeah, Marva. Yeah. Old rogue multi-classing Turned as artificer. Artificer, yeah. 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 I think yeah, I like the idea of um, talking about like what people's multi-class is because. Yeah, because that's, well, that's the thing is it's hard to just pick one. <laughs> yeah, so, that's the thing with Andor is they've given us nuanced characters. So yeah. It's hard to, like, put it, like the writing is too good for our bit. <laughs> yeah. So true. 
So, uh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to right. talk about the episodes? Uh, yeah. So first we had Daughter of Ferex. Um, let's see. Andor and Melshi are on Narkina 5 and they uh, managed to get onto a ship toward, headed for Space Miami once more. Things are happening in Ferex. They are preparing for the funeral of Marva because Marva has died. That is the thing. That is the important thing. B2 is emo. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Not um, R.I.P. He's not dead. It's just sad. Brasso is, you know, daddy. Um, I know. Actually, like, I was like, Brasso, hello. Yeah, he's, he, he's being a kind. He's being a kind person to B2. Senta uh, is spying on them waiting for. She's doing a little dance with that ISB guy. Yeah. Oh, this is the one where um, Vel visits Clea, right? And we get the cool yeah. monologue from Clea. Clea. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then Vel visits Mon Mothma and discovers her child is really into Mormonism. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have I have things to say about this. Um, and then Deirdre's just, you know, getting ready for um, the... Pre- oh, and also we have the uh, Luthan saw confrontation and Luthan, you know, the, the Luthan ship uh, fight. Yes. Yeah. I was internet poisoned. I was like, who the hell are they shipping Luthen with? Uh, you meant his uh, his starship. Yeah. <laughs> his, his space. <laughs> that is so funny. Guys, I am really one. sleep deprived so right funny. now. I am really sleep deprived right now. Um, yeah, Calvin looks like he's just been in Narkina 5. <laughs> yeah, actually. And Deirdre is, you know, headed to headed to Ferrix for the funeral of Marva. And Cyril is also headed to Ferrix because the Scottish the guy players, is relevant again. All the players are on the chessboard. Him calling Actually, Cyril was the, I was not expecting that. I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's your boy, Calvin. It's fermenting boy. Yeah, no, this is like that was my reaction to. Well, no. And here's the thing. Like one thing that I really, really like about Andor is that it really is has specifically like tied Every single arc to get these final two episodes have tied everything together just in such a neat little bow. You've got all of the like important players from the first three episodes, like right down to the dude with the uh, the gong thing. The you know, time having, grappler. Yeah, the time grappler having his little moment where he's kicking that stormtrooper off the tower. But even the kid, the kid who makes the bomb. Like, yeah, we had to, we had to feel, like try to remember who he was because like, but he's been there the whole time. He was the, just the kid in the shop yeah. that, with the radio. Like what yeah. what Andor has done really well that I really love is it's given us. I, th- I think that I've maybe said this before, but it gives us time to actually just like involve ourselves in the cultures of these places that we go uh yeah. you know we see ferrix we see aldani um uh you know even these, the culture these, of the prison even the culture of the prison yes, even the culture yes. of um the planet of, of narkina 5 itself now that andor or now that the empire is there uh because you know the empire's poisoned the water and making all the squigglies die yeah i did I, people have been complaining a, a little bit about andor's one of the things making Andor feel, quote, less Star Wars is the lack of aliens. But then we had two of the weirdest Star Wars, like just doing yeah. goofy talk. Well, no, and, like, and there is the an and, and the, the lack of shit I've ever seen. Exactly. Yes, I fully agree with you, Wyatt. Um, this is also I mean, like there is an easy explanation for the lack of aliens and that the Empire is, you know, incredibly human forward. Yeah, um, they're going to you know, like, ship all the aliens away. 
But also people forget that this is what the original trilogy looked like. Andy hasn't seen it, but there's a lot of humans because you got to cast humans to play stuff. And they had they were inventing all the special effects on the fly. So like A New Hope looks like Andor. Yeah. In terms of its like diversity of of population. And I think they did a good job with. I mean, they just they let the humans really shine. Yeah, <laughs> they nobody was wasted. And Android, we love B two. Well, B two yeah. shown really a lot. I love B two. B two might be my favorite droid. He might have supplanted BD one. We will see. Don't Re- tell the Lego BD one that. We will see if recency bias um wins out or not. Um the the like <laughs> shot the way we find out about Marva's death sort of basically through his own eye was mm-hmm. really well done just yes. from a filmmaking perspective but also i i really appreciate that star wars consistently ever since the beginning has at its most like succeeded most at making the droids people when they are just a little trash can yeah like the less human the droid is the more it's a person like that's what originally worked about r2d2 and then b2 like it is very mechanical but like He's a people. I think overall, I have way less to say about this episode than I do the next episode. Watching this, I was just kind of like, okay, I don't think I know what the fuck is going on. Um, Because so much is happening, but then I realized that in, it's all a setup for everything to explode in the next episode. I was particularly interested in the stuff with Saw Gerrera. Um, I think that... This concept of, like, having to sacrifice allies for the cause was very interesting. And and Saw Gerrera being like, this is a war. Just, like, that kind of hit home to me that, like, okay, they are... We're we're done hiding in the shadows, you know, like there things are about to go down and soon enough the rebellion is going to be a real actualized rebellion. Um, I'm confused about what was happening with the daughter. Like, I don't get the Mormonism. I understand the like <laughs> ma- the, the yeah. marrying young, but like, what the fuck were they talking about in that scene? I was like, I have no idea what's going They're, on. Her daughter is like. I think they've they sort of mentioned a while uh, uh, throughout the series that Mon Mothma got married, was part of the Chan- Chandrillan traditions, got married young, yeah. has had a miserable life, doesn't like traditions. Neither does Vel, the lesbian, who didn't want to get married to a man. Because I think they have Star Wars in general isn't homophobic. They, homophobia doesn't exist in the galaxy, but they've created a planet that's homophobic in order to do a little bit more of that. And I think that's okay. We can have a little bit of homophobia for the narrative. And it's honestly reminding me of their I've heard I've seen them referred to as Puritans. Yeah, it's giving young life and it really made do either of you know what young like, life is? No. No, young life is like a it's it's like crazy Christian teens who like all go to people's or like they go to people's houses and they like you know th- you know thank Jesus and play guitar and shit and they go to summer camp every summer and it's like it it's you know shit like that it's you know meant to make you feel included and shit like that but it's it's toxic it's toxic and um. Well, what the thing I'm talking about is just more of like I think you're right on what it is like the equivalent in our world, but I think it 
it seems weird sometimes to think, oh, they, why are the young people going back to tradition? Like, that seems like the opposite of what young people do. They rebel. And, but there's a lot of that going on in online spaces right now where, like, there's yeah. just reinventing well, being being like Puritan, uh, even in even in what I would describe as, quote, progressive spaces, fandom spaces, uh, it's, including Star Wars. It's a really good example of how like how a regime is going to, you know, target you know, get total control over its people is to target the youth. And if it can stick around for long enough and like brainwash the youth, you know, this is what like Hitler did and stuff. Um, yeah, but this is then, the empire. Well, yeah, but but I mean, like it's the empire through Shangri-La, I think. Yeah. It's like it's the empire. It's the uh, old conservative people in Shangri-La are the ones who are embracing the empire and its rigid yeah. order and its customs because it is most like what traditional Shangri-La society is like. I want to grab Lost Stars and I want to read a small segment from it. Okay. We've got a view. Oh, there goes Ahsoka. I've been playing with kinetic sand and it's all over my hand now. <laughs> And it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> What's going on? Andy's been playing with kinetic sand. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, look, you look like you killed an alien. Let's see. Okay. So like Andy can't read Lost Stars yet, but this is the beginning of chapter two. So it's, you know, happening around this time in universe. Uh, come on, Thane said. He sat opposite her, cross-legged, deep within the fortress. You know this. Do I? This guy started a war. Cyanus head swam. They've been reviewing galactic history for three hours now. Okay. <laughs> the criminal gang that interviewed with a, a legal execution on Geonosis that sparked the Clone Wars was led by... By... She shut her eyes, winced, and said, Mace Windu? So, like, already at this point, the Empire is, like, changing the history to make the heroes of the Clone Wars make the Jedi be out to be just criminals who are interfering with legal proceedings, even though it was the execution of Padme Amidala. But the textbooks aren't going to tell you that. What what they are going to feed the youth is fucking young life chanting bullshit. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's my thing. It's interesting to have like all of Mon Mothma's, her husband and her daughter represent different ways of assimilating to the fascist empire. Because Perrin's not a fan of it. No, he doesn't like the traditionalism, but he loves money and being rich. He loves money and being rich. And I'm going to connect back to this when we talk about the next episode. Yeah. I hate Perrin. (laughs) All of the hateable men, though are just miserable for a lot of this show. So it cracks me up. Like <laughs> he's yeah, not having any Because fun. that's what makes that's where men's hatred come from is how miserable yeah. they are in their own lives and how miserable they make themselves. And they yeah. don't, you know, talk about their feelings or get therapy. So Eventually they just we'll, we'll take it out on the women in their life. We'll arrive at Cyril's terrible pajamas. <gasps> All right. What else is happening? Um Oh. Uh, just a, a random aside that just because of how my brain is wired to think about Star Wars, I assumed Narkina 5 was an ocean planet, like all water. Uh, so it was kind of funny. I know it happened at the end of last episode, but it was it was it was fun to see that it was like it like it tied into what we're talking about, where they there was a the Empire disrupted their culture and environment. Uh, so it was kind of fun, even on a planet we don't really get that much about 
to learn that even the, the thought was put in there. So exactly. Cool see. Exactly. This is why Andor is so great. It's really just like, you know, laying on the world building, but like, you know, in a very like subtle way, you know, you see how see... The, you see how the world is affecting the characters. And that is what gives you world building. I love it. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Cyril for a sec. Just yeah. have that ha- have that go out of the have have that out of the way. So he gets a call from Scottish guy. Mm-hmm. And then he steals his mom's money and runs away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it's sort of everybody reaches their like, they, they don't, not everyone completes their arc in this episode, but everybody's at the point they need for like going forward. Cyril has finally like, he's not going to be an office drone. He was born to be a cop. So he's going back. Like he's going to, and I would assume that, uh, after all this, he d- we don't see it, but it's time for him to join up with the Empire. He's probably fantasizing about, like, literally going up to Cassian Andor on Ferex, chopping off his head, taking it to the ISB headquarters, throwing it at Deirdre's feet, and then making out with her. Ew, ew, ew. Gross. Like, that is what he is thinking as he is stealing that money. Like, we are not Cyril Karn fans. I'm not a Cyril Karn fan. The Daryl, the Daryl, Cyril Dedra ship is the worst ship I've ever rooted for. Yeah, they I, deserve each so other. Funny. This it's, hat and you. I was just yeah, like shit posting in their early stuff, like where I was like, they should make out. And then it started to happen. <laughs> Basically, like it's it, horrifying and I can't look away. I'm obsessed yep. with it and I hate it. <laughs> It's like the uh. it's like the opposite of all Calvin's like good Calvin's list of good straight ships. It's like on the complete other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's and like it's a well-written straight. straight ship because they hate each other. And so that's just going to. Well, it's not that they hate each it's gonna other. It's going to be like, spicy. Like It'll it's be- going to. There's the reasons for the characters to interact and there's reasons for like the emotions that they have about each other yeah it's all it's it's all terrifyingly believable like it's gonna bubble up like deirdre's gonna something's gonna happen to deirdre okay anyway i don't I think it yeah. did in this in the finale I think, um i think yeah. that was the incident that's gonna that everyone had something happen that changed them yeah and set them up for i assume i have to assume that everyone who's alive at the end is coming back in season two. Oh, i hope so I want to see Brasso again. I I I, I, I need more think, Brasso. Yeah, I love I think Brasso. The, the Ferrex folks will be back. Oh, I I know that at least Adria Arjona has talked about. Um, I probably yeah. mispronounced that, but I know that she has talked about um coming back for season two. Definitely at least Bix. But yeah, so she speaking, was looking rough in these episodes. Yeah, that was, I know. She, I could barely recognize. It freaked her. me out. Yeah. She was, yeah, I hate it when just, like, characters just look skeletal. Like, yeah. Like, it a whole different was color. flashing me back to PETA in Mockingjay Part 1. No, literally, literally, oh my god, no, I'm so glad he said that. I was flipping out. No, that is, ex- that is such a good reference. That is exactly what it looked like. It scared me. I, yeah, I don't know. There's something about her skin. I'm like, props to the fucking makeup artist. I, my sk- I was crawling. I was scared. It was not good. Yeah, and I mean, I mean that that's the thing that added to like they did such a horrifying thing to her. I mean, yeah, ugh, that shit makes my skin crawl. 
Well, and like in real life, we've discovered that torturing people isn't a good way to get any a whole lot of information out of them. I and know. They didn't, and so they didn't. True to that, they didn't learn anything from Bix. Mm-hmm. I don't. She she did not give up Luthen. I'm not even sure if she had the information too, like whether she could have put them in contact with him if she wanted to save herself. But like it didn't work. All that and it, they just broke broke a lady, and for nothing. And we were my my I've been watching this with my friend Megan and my partner, and we were talking about how Dedra is obsessed with capturing Cassian because she thinks he's the. He's the key that'll lead her to the Axis and to the fall of the Rebel Alliance and her being head of the ISB and personally shaking Emperor Palpatine's hand. And Cassian doesn't know shit. (laughs) And the stuff that, like, she's looking for, she's not looking for him for the most important reasons. I'm really excited if she ever finds out that he did Aldani and did the prison break on Narkina 5. Like, they, they need to... Their Cassian file is woefully incomplete. He's not even wanted for the crimes he's been doing in the television show. <laughs> That's actually such a valid point. It's like he's much more of a criminal than they really understand. Well, and that's, I think, part of the fun is that they never, because people have been talking about, like, they know his name, so how is he How is he a spy, like, ever? Like, how can he be a good rebel operative if they, if they know his name? And, mm-hmm. but they don't. They know... They know an idea of Cassian Andor. They know the yeah. name Cassian Andor. But we've seen he's just been able to slip in and out of stuff effortlessly inserting himself into these like situations and becoming, if not the leader, a key part of all this stuff. He's really good at it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's honestly like, yeah, I, I fucking love Andor. I love, I love Cassian. I love, he's, he's really... He's such a compelling character to watch. And I feel like in this episode, he didn't actually have a ton of lines. But he often doesn't. Yeah. And I don't He's... know. I guess I didn't realize it until this episode that like so much of it is just watching Diego Luna react to shit. And I'm like, man, I eat it up. <laughs> like, I love him. Yeah, His reaction to hearing his, about his mom's death was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, soul-crushingly good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I, enjoyed his conversation with Melshi. Just about the, like, Melshi was fully radicalized. He's, he's going to go out. Like, he's going to... That man is a rebel now. And Cassian was like, okay, I'm with you, but I gotta... There's something I gotta do first. It was mm-hmm. a... I, I really liked that all roads led back to Ferrix. Yeah. This is where we started. This is where it ended. It really helped tie the season together for me in terms of it not just being, okay, there was a three-parter. So there was like three three-parters and a couple random episodes. But the the way the finale ended up bringing everything back together makes me feel like it's a rewatchable season because I know like that it all cohesively fits together. Like even without season two, if you just said, okay, this is how Cassian joins the Rebel Alliance, if it got canceled for some reason... This would be a satisfactory ending. Yes, you're not wrong. I just would be sad. Yeah, no, it's fine. They, I would be. They, I would cry and and be like, "Kill me now!" But you know, sure. It, it, I don't <laughs> think it. I don't think it made crazy numbers streaming wise, but it's it might win some Emmys, and that doesn't really happen to Disney Plus shows. It, so. Oh my gosh, I'm just so like. 
inspired by these people. I truly feel like it's so rare that I am like, I can't even put into words how I feel. Like, I'm just moved so much by these characters and these actors. They have me fucking on the edge of my seat. I'm hanging on every word that they say, every, every, everything they do. I'm just, and yeah, I mean, props to the entire cast of Andor because they, they turned this amazingly well-written story and just like breathed it life and tragedy and yeah, I'm just so incredibly impressed. And yeah. and or haters should die because they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like well, uh, the 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 discourse to come out of the Andor finale was: How are there bricks in Star Wars? No. Yeah. That is so fucking stupid. That's such a dumb take to have. I hate people. Um, <laughs> that is so annoying. That's be- honestly hilarious, though. <laughs> You're like, how are there bricks? I mean, bricks not, have been f- around bricks, forever. Like, it's not literally bricks, but like the way they built all the houses on Tatooine is intended to look kind of like how they built them on Earth in the desert. Like, if you're in a town where you could, or a planet where you can make bricks, you make bricks. Bricks have been around for forever. Like that is, it is one of the. That is so hilarious to me. It was a good. It was a good finale for bricks. It was a bad finale for Bix. So true. I hate you for that. <laughs> um, so true. About okay, C. before before we officially uh, segue you said over to B two is emo. Uh, before we segue <laughs> over to the finale, um, <laughs> um, I just you know do want to quickly. We, we do love another good monologue from Clea in this episode. Yeah, she's um, fascinating. I love her. She is strange. Like every time she's on screen, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? What is I wanted I want someone to write a book about your mind. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, look, we could get a Clea book. We can can we get a Clea book? Someone I just out want there. Clea backstory. I want to know what her deal is. That that's what the book would be about. She's such a little freak. Like I just love her, and whenever she's on screen, I'm just like, yes. Oh, I bet she's in a kinky you for shit. Being here. Oh, like, absolutely. <laughs> But she's like uh, Luthen's Cinta, basically. If yeah. Luthen and Vel are the same person, they have the incredibly hardcore whack job that they really love. <laughs> Except for me, I feel like Vel and and her have like a past. I don't know if anyone else got that vibe, but I was like, hmm, they look. They seem like they've diddled. I just was. I it their was exes more of, now. I don't think Vel is very good at her job. Like, I just... Oh, no. She's in over her head. I, I love think. her so much. She's so dumb <laughs> sometimes. She's, like, not as devoted to peace as Mon Mothma is, but she's, like, you know, not... Like, she was not ready for Aldani, and she's not ready for Ferex, no. and she is but not going to be ready. Yeah. I don't think... I, I do not see her surviving. We go a two. whole season of their, like, dance at the antique shop of, like, the coded words and everything. And then... In this very episode, Clea and Luthen have this whole conversation about, which is like, don't go to Ferrex, you fucking moron, even though it's in their, like, their code. <laughs> but Vel walks in and is like, yeah, we did Aldani, and now I'm mad. <laughs> well, you can see, at least in that scene, they're both, you know, at least, or at least Clea is, I forget about Vel, but she is aware of, you know, f- making sure that 
of what she's saying when she's facing the window and when she's facing away. And also, Luthen's a good pilot. Also, Luthen's Luth- yeah. Luth- ship is uh is wild. Yeah. That uh, I've I've seen speculation. It was not confirmed in the finale, but I've seen speculation that his ship is powered by a kyber crystal, like a lightsaber. Oh, um, that yeah, is interesting. He did because have a kyber crystal. He had one. Also, he Cassian is like, man, this thing really moves when he got on it, and it does the beams thing. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, Luthen said Luthen saw the Inquisitor's. Uh, saber and said, "Hum." And then what if put- I put it on a spaceship? Yeah, I did like the captain of that Imperial patrol ship, who was just like, "Okay, another day, another dollar. We gotta, gotta go, gotta go rough up some, uh, some regular person." And then and they're pulling him sh- in because they're bored. Yeah, and then he's he breaks his uh, his front dish, and he's just like, "What?" What are you? Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. And and his last like appearance was like in the window and he just sort of sighs because he has to file so many reports after breaking his ship, losing all his tie fighters, getting his ass kicked by a tiny little freighter. Even the no name like even the no name imperials are fun in this series. The the like the captains on Ferrix, the normal army guys who are like yet yeah, who started the massacre were interesting too just well well cast assholes can we talk about Sweet. the finale yeah let, now? let's move on to the finale we um i'm too excited about it to keep talking about this episode yeah rick's road rick's rick's road Do you, are you gonna give us uh, a summary oh i mean shit goes down in ferrix i mean like you know marva gives a good speech a hologram b2 gets knocked over and then you know, Brasso beats fascists with with a brick, with Marva's brick. Yeah, it was so it was, cool. And then they all escape, and Cassian joins Luthen. Yay! Yeah, yay is right. It was just so fucking awesome. I mean, this was such an amazing moment of of you know the whole everyone has come to mourn this woman. I mean, all of our main players are here on Ferrix. They're they're Dedra and everyone. They're all worried about the the ISB. They're they're worried about Cassian showing up. They want to find Cassian. And I don't think they were anticipating Marva being like, hey, everybody, let's fucking (laughs) let's let's kill the Empire. (laughs) Let's just fight the Empire. And getting to watch them freak the fuck out was just awesome that was so cool because the first like 20 minutes of the episode we got dedra and her uh, and all the imperials sort of scheming they're like we've set the trap we set it perfectly we've we've corralled the people we're gonna we're gonna have a quick op in and out we get them yeah they assume that the people of ferrix are gonna be compliant you know, and they're kind of we're putting it their later around. in the yeah. day. You know, they're not going to be mad about that at all. Um, they were like, they'll be slower after well, and, lunch. And Marva's speech is about that. It was like, OK, maybe they were right a little bit. Maybe we did get maybe we were sleeping. And it even before that, it wakes everybody up. And then because the, after that, we see the Imperial regular Imperial Army folks just like scrambling to get everything together to counter the whole ass town. 
and it doesn't work. And but that's way more than 40 people. <laughs> yeah. Also, great. Uh, it, it was good. It was good the first time. The the like the clanging being. Uh, so I important. was just about to bring that up. Yeah. Ugh. And I well, like that the Imperials are like, can somebody shut that guy up? <laughs> well, it was him, but then it's also like sound is important on Ferrix. We established this yeah. before. And Band. then playing music was just like, oh fucking chills. It almost sounded like they were playing the main theme. Well, that's because it was the main theme for that episode. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was the like, episode twelve, like you know, logo theme. Yeah, that it was the Ferrix, but it, but I think that then the tune that they were playing on Ferrix was a little bit different, but it was still like close enough that it was it was funny to hear Cat Cassian. We were was reacting to the music, and we've had Cassian reacts to something while the music we can hear plays. So it was kind of funny to be like, oh, he can hear the dramatic music. He knows it's a moment. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it was so. Amazing. And and we, we mentioned this earlier, but it's the showing the different cultures is uh, a huge strength of Star Wars and is a is a is a strength in Andor. I mean, this reminded me so much of getting to see um, the Donnie people and yeah. they had their sort of ceremony and it just shows us. And now they're doing this thing, you know, that we get to see this funerary tradition here on Ferrix, and we get to see that, like, you can't... The Empire cannot one-size-fits-all these cultures, you know? All of these places have strong traditions, strong individual beliefs that are special. And I and I even feel that way about um, Leda. It's like, when you're living in a world that wants you to conform to everything... It, I see the the sort of peace and satisfaction that comes with seeking the individual individuality of your roots. Um, and that's like a big theme in the real world with like colonization. And I think that reflected really well in this episode of having it be this like huge cultural moment mourning this person who was really influential i mean marva was hugely influential on ferrix everybody knew her um she was president of the daughters of ferrix for uh, a time and and her words carry weight and and yeah so it was just so incredible to see i was deeply moved i i loved everything that cassian was doing cassian being like I'm saving Bix, I'm helping my friends, and then I'm I'm joining the rebellion was just like Ugh. So good after after a couple episodes seeing him just wanting to run away and fuck off to, you know, space Florida. Yeah. Love that character growth. I was thinking like sort of during the show and especially during this because I knew we were going to talk about the cultures of uh, of Ferrix, the, the depth we got in, in addition to what we had got from earlier on uh, is that I know, Andy, you've talked about wanting to see other force using groups like force traditions uh, throughout the galaxy, like different cultures, how they relate to the force. I would love to see this amount of care applied to a force tradition. I don't mm -hmm. know if this is the show for it because this is not a this is not a Jedi show. This is not it's a not a show. Jedi show. But I would love to see these. I, I doesn't even need to be this these writers, but this amount of time and care going into the settings of stuff. 
I think, honestly, uh, we'll see it throughout the show. I think Star Wars Rebels does a really good job uh, of this on Lothal, our main planet, um, where they will where they will show us what what the traditions there are. But uh, Andor really is doing it like I I don't think Star Wars has ever approached this in terms of creating the it, cultures of an individual planet, especially the one with the main characters from maybe Tatooine. Yeah. Um, I definitely have a season two prediction. I think that we are not done with Ferrix. Oh, I don't think so either. No, because I just remember back to episode seven. Um, Yalaren specifically said that any tradition, festival, whatever that is used as a front for rebel activity will no longer be yep. tolerated under the Empire. Guess what the people of, of Ferrix fucking did? Just did. Yes. No, I, I, so I also they I beat immediately the Imperial that. soldiers yeah. to death with the tradition. Which was fucking... I, I love, like, Marva would Brasso have loved that. Marva would have fucking loved that her yeah. body brick was used for there's that a, shit. There's a Jason Grace joke in here somewhere, but... Uh, no, you remember <laughs> not, the, J- not the Percy Jackson reference. Remember how in Mark of Athena, Jason Grace got hit by a brick. Yeah, <laughs> no. he got knocked out by a brick, brick in the Rudin. first three pages. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, there there are you can go on Ao3 and there's a there's a ship tag that is Jason Grace x brick. <laughs> That's hilarious. People That's fucking so. hysterical. <laughs> Um, um anyway enemies to lovers so yeah enemies. that is uh that, that's my thing i just i had seen like that i hadn't watched the Ender finale I, this is almost a week since it came out and i did know what was coming in the post credit scene because it just i'd seen it on the internet but then i forgot to watch it and i had to like Great. 10 minutes after i was like shit pull it up <laughs> awesome oh i want to talk about cyril karn hello he saved his little his little thing no just kidding um i would never dejra miro is no one's thing she is a wonderful independent woman but it was her just so face cool. when she got hit by the rock yes oh my god she I, was think, like- I just loved seeing her get her shit rocked because she sucks and i hate her but i love her at the same time it's like a weird thing where i'm obsessed with her but i'm like when but it's like good she needs to get knocked down a peg i think that she's just like yeah, she was too confident in these episodes. And she's fucking evil. She's an she's evil yelling bitch. at her boss. She's starting to yeah. become kind of hated in the yeah. ISP. She was yelling at her boss about the thing, and you know, even the part of guys was just like the it was about the emperor getting the, the taste of Aldani out of his mouth. She yeah. was, you know, she is very she, she's too invested in getting information, and that it's going to be seen as her being soft on people yeah. and leaving people like Cassian alive. Go on with Which what you're saying, Andy. Cause it, but if I they just, did it her way, they win. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. She's not wrong, but I do think that she's just like she is fighting for the wrong thing. She's right, fighting for the wrong side, and I don't want. And so it was nice to see like you cannot succeed. You know, like even if she wins in the end of Andor, maybe maybe the you know everything fails. It probably will. <laughs> But it's like, she has not gotten knocked around. She really hasn't. Except for people occasionally like saying mean stuff to her in the ISB. But she hasn't been on the ground like the people have. The people have been dealing with empire violent bullshit for years. 
And so it was nice to see her get hurt. Like, I found that very satisfying. And then Cyril Karn saving her, I was like, dang, why is this kind of hot? It was um, definitely <laughs> the distracted boyfriend meme of poor Scottish sergeant guy. He uh, and uh, he's in the Cyril's in the middle. Sergeant guy is getting uh, he gets dumped for new for Dedra. He broke up yeah. with his cop boyfriend to go for the new new hot Imperial ISB. Yeah, it's just that shit was crazy. I was like literally screaming watching that. Um, I loved her reaction when she she because she thinks she's getting murdered. She thinks yeah. she's about to get murdered and she's like the, oh, you who like it was just a such a pure reaction. It was. And then she, and like, you could see the fear in her fucking eyes. Well, when we were talking, but also it kind of looked like she wanted to kiss him. I thought she was gonna kiss him. I well, was yeah, so but that's surprised. Knight in shining armor, armor syndrome. I know. She had. Oh, exactly. No, I'm not. I'm not saying she was right or he deserved it. It was like just they're gonna be a couple at the start, but then they're gonna kill each other. Yeah. No. I mean, I. I she's so ruthless that I'm sure that I. I think she will sacrifice him, whereas he thinks they're like. Oh, she'll definitely sacrifice him. They're righteous warriors fighting for what's right, and she's like, she'll sacrifice him to get a promotion. Guys, I just had such a meaty sneeze. Did you see that? I it was so gnarly. I like muted at the last moment, and I was like, thank God, I would have killed, <laughs> I would have killed Calvin and Wyatt with my, the the sound of my sneeze. Let's um, talk about Mon Mothma. Oh, Mon Mothma. Oh, yeah, wait. Yeah, uh, I want to yeah. talk about Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. Okay. So, girly pop. So, so, so funny when Perrin was like, he's not listening, can't hear us. And, and I'm like, mm, King. Framing your shitty husband for gambling debts is hilarious. That, well, and that uh, funny thing is gambling debts. He doesn't have. He hasn't done it. He sucks, yeah. but he actually hasn't done the thing that's going to like break apart their marriage or whatever. Here's my season two prediction. And also, you know, my analysis of the scene. So like the general consists. So like. The general consensus of what has happened. Mon Mothma has a 400,000 credit hole in her bank account right now. Um, and the only way that she can get the money to fill this hole is Davos. Yep. Davos, Sir Davos. Um, not That's not Davos Golden. Um, not Sir Davos Seaworth. Um, Davos Golden. So... She's not gonna. She, she doesn't want to do it, but she's scooping to that level. Um, and the gag is that she is obviously framing her husband. Um, but I think there is also kind of a failsafe for her not having to marry her daughter off, built in, in that she is connecting the Skulden family wealth to. Perrin's gambling in that it is Skulden's money that is being used to fill that hole that the ISB thinks was caused by Perrin's quote-unquote gambling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's going to discredit that whole family. Perrin's going to go down, but we all hate Perrin and Mon Mothma's in an unhappy marriage, and uh, Lita's, you know, child marriage is going to fall apart. And We don't know that. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, look, whether it goes, it's going to, whether Lita survives this series, I don't know. I don't, um, I don't, I don't think her or Perrin can make it. I think the ISB figures this out eventually and kills them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Too bad. <laughs> but that is, 
I mean, like she is, you know, I, I think that in her mind, she is trying to protect her daughter by linking her husband and or by setting her husband up and Davos for the or Davo for the fall. So, yeah, no, yeah. I I just like I'm thinking about Luthen's sacrifice speech from last episode and thinking about what each character has sacrificed. And Mon Mothma's obviously sacrificed a lot, but she hasn't gone the full step yet to joining to really joining up. And I think with that leap is going to come another sacrifice. And I think it's going to be her family. I don't know whether it's going to be like a literal. They all die or a metaphorical. They all hate her forever. But I think I think I, I don't think we've seen the last of their family troubles, nor do I. Or think they're all thrown better. in imperial prison for an, for embezzlement. All of them, including rich, the kids, rich people don't go to jail. Well, this is the empire. the empire. <laughs> rich people don't go to jail. And they so get tortured for information. I, I don't I, I'm curious, though, in season like how much of season two will be Dedra's way. Like whether she what where we start with her, because she lost Ferrix. Yeah. Even if the Empire managed to control the riot, she lost. Mm hmm. This is going to be a stain on her record. And Blevins coming back. Blevins making power moves. Yeah, we hadn't seen him in a while. I thought he was off the show, honestly. But uh, yeah, no, it's definitely they've. <laughs> They, they're definitely doubling down on a lot of the season one stuff. We're going to get ISBN fighting. We're going to get shitty family politics with the Mothmas. We're going to get rebel bullshit. But now this is we finally reached where I thought we were going to be at the end of Altani, where Cassian goes to Luthen and signs up. OK, so I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm excited, too. Um, Vel and Senta. They had a couple of problems. They need to break up. They need to break up. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought not I was like, finally, like personality from Cinta. Not to not <laughs> thank to, God. Not to uh, root against the lesbians, but they're a terrible match. And no, yeah, Cinta's way too cool for Vel. Well, and Vel, I think Vel is not compelled by the Chandrilin custom of settling down or their traditions, but she desperately wants to live a happy life with Cinta, and. I don't think Cinta's. I think Cinta. I think Cinta's like uh, what Luthen said to Aunt, it's Cassian. Eventually, you'll die fighting them. I, I think. I think Cinta will die fighting the for the rebellion. That's I her life so is the rebellion. I did like her. It was kind of a fun thing when she was just like so obsessed with her spying, and Vel's like, "Can we talk about our relationship in the background?" Yeah. Sorry, lesbians. XOXO. Yeah, no, they survived this, but they they're toast. They're toast. I just hope they don't die. I think that's my thing. I want them to break up, but I don't want them to die. If oh, they die, I'll be I mean, upset. They're both marked for death. I will be surprised if they I was surprised that we got out of season one with as little blood as we did, you know, like or you know, as little deaths as we did. But season Nemec's two ghost is looking at you like, what am I? Oh, but at least we got like oh, a little Nemec moment, which I was a big fan the of. The Nemec moment. Oh my god. Chills. I love Nemec. XO. XO. You knew it was coming, but they had given it. But it was it so good. Enough. They let it stretch out long enough that I didn't know if it would be here or in season two. And then there it was. It was awesome. Uh, I love him. The, the I love the, him. I miss that him. sequence was amazing with Nemec's manifesto and the 
the editing and and we talked about the tension in the whole series, but like the marching band, the slow marching band sequence. Oh, my God. Yes. But no, I mean, I just want to keep talking about Nemex Manifesto for a second. I mean, like this is yeah. incredible. I mean, like it is just like I mean, the imperial need for control is so desperate because it is so unnatural, unnatural. Tyranny requires constant effort. It breaks. It leaks. Authority is brittle. Oppression is like this shit is fire. Like this. Yes. And um, Luthen's thing from episode 10. And I loved and for, for from a Star Wars perspective, I think Wyatt will agree with me. I love yeah, that it ended on remember this try. Yep. Yeah. Because the most honestly, well, one of the most famous quotes from Star Wars is do or do not. There is no try. The the Yoda proverb that has been mentioned before, but technically yeah. is from the Empire Strikes Back. Um, but Kanan's mentioned it. He he said he didn't know what it was. He couldn't figure out the meaning uh, when trying to teach Ezra. But it's like one of the mo- it's it's such a famous thing. And I've seen I saw some good analysis on Twitter where it was like, do or do not. There is no try. And Nemex just try actually fit really well together. Yeah. Like you have to have the resolve. Yeah. To do. Yeah. So and, and it's it's about not holding back is do or do not. There is no try. You have to you have to visualize and do and just do the thing you want to do. And Nemec's thing is you have to have the resolve to even attempt that in the first place. That's the most important step. So it's almost like it's almost like step one and two. They go hand in hand and need to they need each other to exist. Also, I like that they kept saying climb every time. Calvin knows why. <laughs> OK, Um. so, yeah, that was that was the Nemec. I mean, like that was fire. That was fire. That was it popped off like I was into it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the series, the, the through line of the series is about community power. Yeah. And this was just a a ringing, like, it was just such a final footnote on what the series has been talking about the whole time. Like, with yeah. the whole thing, the riot, the, 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 the cultural tradition, Marva's speech. It was, it just was remarkable. I can't believe this got made. I I know that this has kind of been the thing recently. I feel like there have been a lot of non-Jedi Star Wars things recently, but for me, like I haven't actually seen a lot of it. I've mainly only seen like Star Wars stuff that surrounds Jedi. So it yeah, was I think really... the Bad Batch is the only other non-Jedi thing there is. Yeah. Yeah, what, but even that is like in this the time clones. Period. Yeah, yeah. And, and so for me, it was really nice to. It's been really, really nice to see the people. Like I, I care so much more about these people than the Jedi. Um. Yeah. Well, in a lot of the a lot of the prequel era stuff, there's a lot of sort of like big picture, often allegorical storytelling, which neglects the people, the characters. Mm-hmm. For more of the overall bigger picture of the story, what's going on, what it means, the themes it's dealing with. And Andor does all of that and commits way more to its people. Yeah. Um, and because Star Wars has, I think, been rightly criticized in the past for not a lot of depth of character with a lot of its stuff. There's a whole lot of depth to Star Wars, but the characters often aren't the most compelling. Yeah, yeah. If you compare them to... Not like not if you're comparing them to like other sci-fi stuff, but like the Godfather, like it's something like, just like uh, <laughs> you're the right, Sopranos, you're right. All, all, like even in, in the TV, like the even on Clone Wars, which is an incredibly long running show. 
I would say, underserved its characters on the regular. Mm-hmm. Nailed the big moments, but didn't give us enough of the small. I've always, and we've talked about this on the, we used to talk about it when we were doing Clone Wars. We wanted just a day in the life of the Republic. What does Ahsoka do on her day off? What do the clones do? And like, we get that in Andor, seeing everyone just live. They give us seeing a lot Cyril of Seeing Cyril Karn eat cereal over yeah, and over again. But just seeing Ferrix, the, the amount of time we spent on Ferrix, just sort of, it was always plot relevant, but just seeing people go about their daily lives. Yeah, and and it's it's good because like it has made me love the people of Ferrix as a whole, and I care about them, and and I feel this way about the the people in Aldani also. Like I care about them, and I I want their cultures and traditions to last. Like they're important to me, and and it makes taking down the Empire so much more important because it's like. I know the reason why it's not yeah. just, oh, they're bad people. They're the empire. But it's like. They're hurting people that I love. Yeah. This um, is honestly, yeah. it's way more adult that. But it, this is the show I think a lot of people expected Star Wars Rebels to be. Rebels ends up doubling down on the Jedi thing. But there was a lot of thinking that, oh, Star Wars Rebels, of course, when it was announced, it was like, oh, we'll follow the the early rebellion and just the the people who who formed the Rebel Alliance, which like. It is, but also you've got the Kanan and Ezra storyline really leading it. And it's about a young kid discovering how to use the force. And I think you have to do that with the kids show. Kids love Jedi. It's way yeah. it's you got to play. You can play laser sword when you're eight for forever. Um, but it's fun to see Andor really over deliver on the promise of what Star Wars Rebels could have been. I don't I Rebels is still my favorite Star Wars ever, but it's fun to see what we like. They finally did it. Like it, it, this is the regular people. Star Wars. Yeah. No, I yeah. one thing from the uh, reaction for, from my I just watched this like two hours ago um, for the first time. The finale when they tipped B2 over in the middle of the the, the when Marvel's oh. hologram and both Kaya and Megan, who I was watching with, like, leapt into action off the couch, almost in time with Brasso being like, oh, hell no, nah, it's time to start kicking folks and swinging the brick around. I love that. Uh, and we've talked about this before, too. Droid, if, it's a really good tell on who's a good person in Star Wars is whether they treat droids as people. Yeah. And Ferrix was ready to fuck shit up for B. Brasso's a good egg. I love Brasso. Yeah. And the way that he was when he was telling Cassian about Marva's last words was. Yeah, I was destroyed, actually. <laughs> that was the one where I was de- that it was like, I love him more than anything he could do wrong. Where I was like, man, they're just they 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 just have an infinite supply of these banger yep. lines. Just, just yep. keep pulling it out. <laughs> yep. There's too many to remember. Like every time I think that's the line of the season, there's another one. All right. Yeah. They just kept breaking my heart over and over again. Yeah. No. Yeah. What a. Masterclass of a season. Yeah. I want to watch it again. All right. Well, I believe Andy yeah. has not quite finished um, and or season one. We have decided to do the post credit scene for a live reaction on the air of First Steps Star Wars podcast. It's so. All right. I'll pull it up. If right now. Andy would pull up and um, it's about 350 left in the runtime. Yeah, I got it up. I got it up. OK, cool. great. Are you ready? Yes. I'll play now. I'm going to mute myself. 
Oh, we've got our little things they were building in the prison. What the fuck are they building? What is that? Is that a thing I would know if I knew Star Wars? Yes, but we're not going to tell you. Is that just got to be like Darth Vader's ship <laughs> or like or like the fucking Emperor Palpatine's metal planet? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> no, fantastic. So uh, yeah, you've but that's the things they were making the prison. Yeah, you've seen it before. Once. <gasps> How? The very end of Revenge of the no. Sith. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna let them see if they could figure it out, but oh, sorry. yeah. No, were, I wouldn't have. I would uh, have not, when Tarkin, Vader, and uh what's the, his face? The Emperor yeah. are on the bridge of a destroyer. They're Mr. Looking Palpatine? Out, yeah, they're looking out at what will eventually become this. But oh. I'm not gonna tell you what it is. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't know what this is. It's got a name, but um, as of this moment, it's just uh, what did you say? Emperor Palpatine's metal planet. His metal yep. planet. <laughs> well, and I mean, it does. It finally like pays off the line that Cassian had uh, in the prison when he was trying to convince Kino to let. Or he was trying to talk them into the revolution, where it was like they need us. Whatever they're building, it's important, and clearly, it is to the Empire. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea what this is. I didn't even remember, like, I still don't remember the name of the fancy ship. The... The Fondor? No, the one that it was like, this is an iconic ship from... And it was in uh, the Han Solo movie. The oh, Millennium the Millennium Falcon. Falcon? Yes, yes. <laughs> that one. <laughs> so... Wow. I can't be expected to remember these things. Yeah, I like just remembered Tie Fighters recently. You speak Star Wars now, so it's funny whenever you, you <laughs> say something where it's like, "Oh yeah, we introduced Star Wars to Andy like a year and a half ago." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, because there's things there are things that are like significant to the original trilogy that that just have not become significant yet, and I'm yeah. sure that there will be many things that are like, "This is an iconic thing from the original trilogy." That I'll be like, "Well, never heard of that before in my life." Characters yeah. from the OT will show up in Rebels and we'll be like, oh, hello. Yeah, well, that's I was. It's funny that we it's good that we did it in chronological order because the episode where Lando shows up in Rebels season one would not have landed if you're just like, there is a fella here. Lando would they're not have landed. Like he's in, they're treating him like he's important, but I've, I've never met this man in my life. I, I have like an anecdote to share from LARP this weekend. So I have this character, I have this, I have this friend. She's like my character's friend and she dresses up in like all black. She's got black hair and black eyes. And I, uh, an NPC was like, ah, oh, an emissary of, of the, the Night Queen who's like a fae in the game. Um, and then I was trying to like relay the conversation to a friend and I went, yeah. And they called Arbor an emissary of the Night Sisters. And, and then I was like, mm. <laughs> and I went, that's something else. <laughs> I went, guys, that's from something else. And they were like, yeah, <laughs> they were like, that's not from our game. We've I just want you guys you. to know. Yeah, I think about that. So, so Star cute. Wars impacts my life. 
So yeah, right now the Empire is uh, doing a couple of you know you know their science division is really popping off. They're building this. Um, they're building Darth Vader's ship, uh, and they are doing some cloning technology. Lest we forget. Yeah, it's true. oh, I forgot. I totally did forget. Yeah, this will be relevant in the Bad Batch season two, which comes out in less than one month. I can't wait. I can't wait for it. Yeah, because yeah. like like my, like crackhead theory, Gunji dies. My most yeah. my most crackhead ships. My most confident prediction about Andor, I was wrong about. I was like, Vel's Vel? totally Luthen's daughter. I was like, oh. I was in. I said, I really said it strongly on the podcast, and then they were like, Nope, uh, there she's a uh, she's Mothma's even cool worse. Gay. She's Mothma's <laughs> cool gay cousin. I just yeah. like to think I like to think that Vel is in Mon Mothma's ear, like, do it, date a woman. You can you can live better than this. You don't have. She to probably is. She absolutely is. There's no way that she's not ever been like. Mm, have you considered being gay? <laughs> to Mon Mothma, Which the senator. Poor, poor Val has to dress up straight to like pass and Shandor and she Vulcan. looks super hot. Usually, when gay people dress straight, I'm like ew, but I'm like damn I, because she nah. still kind of looks gay to me. I, I think she looks a like fan. a fancy gay woman, and she I'm like looks too. They, she's just always uncomfortable in those scenes. So I just it it feels like they it, she feels trapped, even though she looks good. Her makeup looks so good, and I'm like, I want to kiss you on the mouth, Vel. Yeah. You're into everyone in this show. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally obsessed with every single character in this show and want to give them a a very wet kiss on the mouth. <laughs> Even Dedra, like, except for Cyril Karn. Because no. that man is sexless. Demon Twink can go and be an incel in his room with his clone action figures. Yeah. I uh yeah so we we will have to wait though we're gonna have to wait a long time stop don't even bring two. it up don't even yeah. bring it up I was I'm off over it I'm sad I'm depressed all right well in the meantime we have a lot of Star Wars to cover that's true <laughs> so yeah next time on first steps of Star Wars so, so yeah so next time on first steps of Star Wars podcast we are gonna be uh watching Tales of the Jedi um, we're going to be doing just all of it for the one episode. Yay. Yeah, it's sort um, of a, it's our one of our few out of order things. Yeah, well, we're also going to be going out of order for the next 15 weeks because That's then true. we'll be covering the Bad Batch. But this is as far as we're like, we're jumping out of the Imperial era. We're going way back. Yeah, well, no, I'd say that Bad Batch season two is pretty firmly just like in the Imperial era. That's what I mean. For Tales of the Jedi, we're going way back. Oh, oh, it's, yeah, it's definitely right. a one-off. Like we're the. Do you you watch the trailer for Tales of the Jedi, right, Andy? No, I haven't. Yeah, oh you wait, did. yes, I did. Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. Because you so said about, it looked like so. It looked so good. You were gonna poop your pants. Yeah, I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds. That sounds like something you would have said. I. Uh, it's so it's about like it's three episodes about Dooku, three episodes about Ahsoka. So like we're going way back to the Republic area era. I can't wait. I yeah. can't fucking wait. I can't wait so to come good. to your party. I I'm, can't wait yeah. to come to your to the to to Dooku's party. Yeah. <laughs> and Dooku has a party. Dooku has a but it's the Republican party. Yeah. That's uh, that's true. Rah, 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 rah. D- yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to our silly little podcast that we do yeah. for you guys. 50 episodes. 50 it's episodes. been a wild journey. You know, tell us what 
first steps has meant to you and we will read it on the show and your predictions for andor season two yeah uh email disney plus and (laughs) ask them to hire me uh or all three of us on their writing team (laughs) like and subscribe actually (laughs) i can un uh blur those texts you sent me about andor finally oh yeah i was wrong i was wrong like i was very firmly in the camp of marva not being dead Oh, um, after uh, after the, after episode the, 11. Yeah. And so I was like, Marva's not actually dead and she's going to come out of the underground and lead the revolt, which I mean, like she kind of did. Yeah. Except for the fact that she was still dead. Everything else yeah. that I sent you, I got right, actually. Although so, Marva, Marva got a few kills. She uh, she had a, she had a body count in the yeah, in the fight. She did. Yeah. Which is fucking awesome. Seriously. Brasso so fucking cool. Beamed them with a brick. And I like yeah. with the way we were reacting was like that he did, he gets one of them was like did he hit her with Marva and then he goes and very clearly <laughs> smashes another dude and so it was it was very hype. <laughs> Tony Gilroy knew what he was doing when he put that in there. Oh yeah, he knew what he was doing when he wrote the break into the fair culture. Yeah, um, awesome. So I'm done. Are we done? I'm done. Thanks for listening. Yeah. May the force be with you. Swag. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot.